welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Message podcast, where we want to get super practical so that you can leverage the 167 hours beyond the message or beyond Sunday to help you crush this week. You know what? We love Church of Beyond and we would love if you could check it out, you know, whether online or in person when we go back. But we also think that there's 167 awesome opportunities in the week that can help you grow and strengthen your faith. So this week, for part two of Scared to Death, I sit down with Chris, or more so sit on a Zoom call with Chris, and we talk about the really practical ways to deal with your anxiety this week. So stay tuned for this chat I have with Chris, and we'll see you on the other side. give you the best possible chance at deciding whether you're going to cast or carry your cares this week we're going to ask four questions of our full monday to help you crush this week and uh today i'm again joined by chris pollock our communicator here at beyond one of the communicators and we're going to ask him the questions about part two of scared to death chris how are you going today mate i am fantastic how are you as always you always give that kind of response have you ever had a bad day chris I've had many bad days, yeah, but it's hard to have a bad day when I'm hanging out with you. Stop it, Chris. You know what? I'm <laughs> going to start by asking a uh, kind of abstract question. You know, during this isolation time, you hear the same advice over and over again. Go for an exercise, you know, take yep. a walk, get dressed in the day, that kind of, you know, just kind of trivial stuff. Uh, what's your most rando ISO, random ISO tip that you can give us that isn't, you know, by the book to say? Random, random ISO tip. Yeah, what's helping you? That's not just like one that you're gonna, you know, flick on Facebook and see the response. Yeah, every single person do. Mm. Oh wow, that's a really good question. I'll throw um, you under the bus here, but you, you really have. I'm not, I'm not super good at thinking on my feet. Uh, something, I don't know. Something that just helps me is I, um, and I don't know, I don't know if it's gonna be helpful for anyone else. I've been experimenting with my V60 recipes. That's been helping me. You're going to have to explain what V60 is, so, Chris. Yeah, so um, for all the non-coffee snobs out there, it's it's just like a way to brew your coffee. Um, and you, you have like a like a filter paper and you kind of um, brew it through this device called a V60. And, uh, and I've been experimenting a lot just with different brew styles and just kind of having fun because normally I'd love to go to a coffee shop. Um, my favorite one, shout out, told you so. Um, to go there and hang out, but I can't. So instead what I do is I go and get beans from there and I bring them home and, and I you just bring experiment. Home the whole experience. And I just kind of make my coffee shop at home. Um, yeah, there you go. So, yeah. That's, that's really interesting. That's incredibly random. Hopefully. It is random. I think for me, you know, in this one, it's just so having these like short-term hobbies. I'm a big picture guy. And if I, you know, buy something, I'm like, I'm going to be, you know, if I like get into rock climbing, I'm like, I'm going to be the best rock climber in the world. But for me, it's just picking up these random short-term hobbies that I'm like, I'm probably never going to do this in my regular life. But you know what? For now, it's a great thing and I'm loving it. And skating for me is definitely that thing. Ooh, okay. It's, uh, I'm probably never going to do it outside of ISO. But, you know, oh, okay. I'm not hearing that advice anywhere on Facebook just to pick up something random, you know? Just pick something up for the period of ISO. Yeah, not with no expectation of anything else outside of this time i like that, That's Is that a good piece have, have you heard that before i don't know i think i just haven't i haven't heard i haven't heard that before i've heard all the other like get a new hobby that you're going to stick with forever yeah like, that's right learn a new language yeah whatever yeah. anyway well there you go i'm glad you, you're having some fun with your coffee from told you so uh we're going to get cracking with our four questions and our first question it really stems off kind of the second part of our four monday for this week and it's really simple um how can i begin to start praying 
or how can I improve my prayer life if I already do pray? Yeah, that's it. It's a good question. I'm going to take it in two parts because I think there's two parts to that question. First, firstly, if you're maybe listening to this and you're, you're new to faith, you're exploring that faith journey and you're kind of like, well, what does it look like to pray? How do I start praying? I think the easiest, and, and again, when it comes to prayer, there are libraries and libraries of books that have been written on this topic, right? So I'm not going to add anything super um, that hasn't been said before, but I think- You the, would have the seen easy- the libraries last week, but today we've got Batman- Instead, in you know, yeah, uh, Chris's background, there I, I decided to mix it up. Um, so I think if you've never prayed before or you want to begin to start to pray, the easiest thing is just just start. Like it's that it's that simple. Like if someone's like, "Hey, I want to get into running. What's the what's the first thing I should do? Just start. Just start running. Like start with a kilometer. Start with. And yeah. I think with prayer, it's the same. Start with thirty seconds. Start with a minute. Start with five minutes. Start when it feels awkward. Like start when you don't know what to say. Start mm. when you're not sure how to do it. Just start. And in the same way, like when you see someone running, you're never like, oh, wow, they're slow. You think in your head, well, I'm glad they're out. You know, <laughs> you don't, you don't compare them to Elliot Kipchoge. Is it Kip, Kipchoge? Kipchoge, yeah. Who ran, you know, a marathon in under two hours. You just go, well, good on him. They're getting out. Yeah, exactly. So I think if you're new to it, just start. That's the biggest thing. Um, and how can you improve your prayer life? Uh, again, so much on this, uh, I'd say I've got maybe three things that might be helpful, um, depending on where you're at. I think, uh, one of the ways you can improve your prayer life is to just pick a time and a place, like create some consistency around it. Um, you know, in terms of like, we think of other things that we're really consistent with, um, maybe you brush your teeth before you go out. So there's this rhythm, like anytime I'm about to leave the house or anytime I'm about like just before bed, I brush my teeth. There's that rhythm embedded. Um, and depending on when you shower, you might shower in the morning, you might shower at night, you might shower both. There's like this rhythm built into life. Um, and it just helps with consistency. And so I think um, the same with prayer is like, if you pick a time and you pick a place that helps with consistency. So for me, uh, my, my time and my place is like, when I first wake up in the morning and I've got a chair that I sit in, um, I sit in it and I read my Bible and I just pray a little bit, um, in that, in that one chair. Um, I got my couch just outside. Ooh. Okay. Couch. It's a cane with a really cool pattern, you know, cushion. And, uh, for me, definitely have built in that routine of sitting outside to pray, to pray. And what I found is that by having that, my prayer life outside of the couch has improved. So prayer isn't limited to the couch. But because I have the couch, it's made everything else in my life really improve. Yeah, it kind of kickstarts that um, that process, and that's. Uh, <clears throat> I think we spoke about it in a message a while ago. There are these things in life called keystone habits, where um, if you, you know, for example, if you work out more, then what often happens is that has flow-on effects into the rest of your life. So you eat healthier, you become more conscious of the things you put in your body, how much you sleep, all that. And I think the same is true with prayer. Um, if you can get a little bit more consistent, then it starts to flow into other parts of your life. Um, the, the two other ways, there's two other ways that I think you can improve um, your prayer life if you're looking to improve it, um, whatever that means really, uh, is I think the biggest thing is when people feel stuck or stagnant with their prayer life is they're often treating it as a, as a, dial, uh, sorry, as a monologue instead of a, a dialogue or a conversation. Um, and so, so often when I, when we have conversations with people and we're talking, we're like, Oh, my prayer life feels stagnant. Okay. Well, what do you pray about? Well, I just kind of ask God for all the stuff I want. 
I'm like, okay, well, could you imagine if you just went to a friend and you just told them all the stuff that was wrong with your life and how you needed their help? Like, that's really, really draining um, if you're on the receiving end. So there's no wonder you're not getting, your prayer life is pretty empty because um, you're treating it like as a one-way conversation and God wants to talk to you. God wants to, so um, I think begin to treat it as, as a dialogue. And if you're not sure how to do that, I would say the first first thing is would just be to, and it's going to feel awkward when you do it, is for 30 seconds. Just start with 30 seconds or a minute. You can put your timer on on your phone if you want to. And uh, if you're praying or maybe if you're reading your Bible while you pray, just put the timer on and say, God, is there anything you want to tell me today? Yeah, right. Just shut up and listen for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I think taking that advice into our relationships in general is if we're just talking, you know, if you're talking at your wife, uh, that's mm. not going to go too well, but you know that things happen and, and change happens when you start to listen uh, more than you talk. And I think our relationship with God is, is much the same. Yeah. And I think, uh, don't get me wrong. There are times in all relationships where, you know, like I'll come home and I'll be like, babe, I don't want your advice on this. I just want to get, have this rant, get it off my chest. And I think there are times where that's appropriate with God too. Where we just want to have a bit of a rant, but if, if the, if 95% of our prayer life is one way, um, that's not helpful. So that'd be the first one, uh, or second thing. And then the final one, this is, uh, might be about putting a little bit more structure around your prayer, um, is you can try There's, there's some, again, there's a hundred different ways you can do this, but one of the most common ways is like what's called the ax prayer, which is where you kind of break your prayer into four little sections. Um, and ACTS is simply an acronym for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication. And those are big church words. Um, great really church ad- words, Chris. They are. They're great church words. Makes you sound super smart. But most times people are like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> um, so adoration is really simple. It's just uh, kind of acknowledging who God is and thanking him for who he is. So, you know, where I sit, I often look out over the back um, early in the morning and the sun's coming up and the dew's on the ground. It's just... So it's kind of like reminds me, oh, wow, like, God, I thank you that you're the creator. I thank you for the day um, that you've given us. I thank you that, you know, every day is a new blessing. Um, confession is just kind of uh, apologizing and um, and asking God to go to work on us for all the ways that we've broken relationships with other people and with God, whether that's intentional or unintentional. So it's acknowledging before God that <clears throat> that we mess up. The Thanksgiving part is pretty self-explanatory. It's just thank God for the great things that he's done in your life, whether that's putting a roof over your head, whether that's that you've got clean drinking water, um, whether it's that you've got technology and you can have a conversation, even though you're in physical isolation. Um, And then the final thing is supplication, which is really just where you begin to ask God that he would supply your needs. So you do all this stuff first, then Mm. you get to your needs last in this, um, that acts style of um, or or model of prayer. That's really great. I mean, it reminds me that prayer is a bit like recording a podcast, Chris. Um, okay. Because you listen to a podcast, you go, wow, that was just incredible. You know, start to finish, they took us on a journey. Mm. But really what you don't see behind the scenes is the stop, the pause, the, oh, let's yep. do that again. The, you know, there's a messiness to the process. And yep. prayer is allowed to be a messy process. You're allowed to look yep. at your notes and go, oh, what's, what, what can I do next? What can I pray for next? Yeah. Oh God, I yep. don't know what I'm doing. Okay, let's just pause, take a breather. Let's get comfortable again. Okay, let's go again. Mm-hmm. It's not this, you know, rehearsed thing that we enter. It's actually this really messy process of communication. And if you if you know what communication is with with other people, it's generally not a clean thing. But it's beautiful. no, and 
Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think one of the, one of the things that Christians sometimes get caught up in is that we, we think that if our prayers don't sound right, if they're not smooth, or if we don't have that feeling that God's really close to us, that something's wrong with our prayer life. Uh, and that's just not the case. I think consistency is, is more important. Like it's the posture of our hearts uh, in, in, this, in the sense of, you know, you show up every single day uh, to pray, whether you feel like it, whether you don't, um, whether you're tired, whether you're full of energy, regardless. And you just pray that God's going to work in the midst of that and that you're going to experience uh, God in the midst of that. Hmm. That's awesome. Moving on to question two, what does it look like to cast onto God the very things we're not meant to carry? Yeah, well, we, we defined um, during the message, we said anxiety um, is the present emotion of inner turmoil uh, produced by the uncertainty of the future. Uh, and we said that really ultimately anxiety uh, hurts us, but it helps no one. It's not like you get anxious and then you're like, oh my goodness, here's this great thing that I can do to benefit my life. Often anxiety slows us, slows us all down. And so there's, again, there's a whole heap of ways that you can begin to do it. But I think you're kind of right when you say like, oh, just cast your cares onto God. That sounds very vague. Like, what does that look like? So, I mean, working in threes uh, on this episode. So here's three ways that, are, that you know, you can begin to experiment and discover how you can cast your cares on God. Uh, the first one is actually to begin to take your thoughts captive. So uh, Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians 10, where he, he actually says, he says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to God. And so I think if, when, we, when we become more conscious of our thought life, um, what, what are those inner thoughts? What, you know, what's our inner world look like? When we begin to pay attention to that, we can begin to ask and, and begin to think about our thinking. And in doing that, the question that we can ask is, you know, is this a thought I want to carry or is this a thought that I should be turning over to God? Um, Because so often we never ask that question and we just have these thoughts kind of rolling through our mind and we just get so wrapped up in them that we never ask ourselves, is this a thought I should be carrying or should I be giving it to God? Um, So if you don't want to carry that thought, um, give it to God. Going back to step one with the prayer as well. 100%. the, The best process, yeah. And uh, the second, second way um, that you could try is, is just jump into scripture or into, into you know, a good worship song. There's a whole heap of um, banging worship songs out there. Uh, I, uh, prob- I probably lean towards a little bit of a worship jam uh, if I want to. What does a jam look like for you? Is it a, do you pretend to play the instruments or you just kind of like eyes closed? It can look like so many different things. I was actually jamming out this morning uh, when I was in my car driving just get my, get my worship on. Um, sometimes I do it when I've, you know, got take, have the headphones on, just walking around the house, doing the, doing the cleaning, unloading the dishwasher. Love that. Um, and I've really been jamming out to, this is uh, Red Rocks, Red Rocks worship. There's a song called Holy. It, I don't know. It's just got me at the moment. I, and I love, there's this, the first lyric, first line. Um, just, yeah, it's just unbelievable. Just um, on repeat at the moment. It is on repeat. A couple of my mates actually get, like live in, um, cause they're, they're a church. They're based in Colorado. Um, and so a couple of my, uh, my mates go to, um, or actually quite a few of my mates go to that church. And so I saw them posting about it and I was like, Oh, let me check, check this out. So yeah. Yeah. There you Red go. I've actually included worship Holy. my own little worship song, not mine, but one that I like in the show okay. notes in our uh, description. 
and it's a uh, defender by upper room. Don't know if you've heard that one. Um, but I think it talks about God being the defender of our, of our heart. Like he, he backs us in in this way that the, and the reason I've included it is because we give our cares, we give our anxiety to him and he protects us from that. Um, so that's a mm. kind of the song I've chosen this week that I think really represents um, giving our cares and our fears to God. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and then the final way that it looks like for us casting our cares is um, I think to embrace humility. So, you know, this the passage that we were looking at uh, during the message was from Peter's first letter, um, 1 Peter 5. And at uh, verses six and seven, and it says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. And so I think uh, <clears throat> embracing humility sounds really, really nice, but it's often, I would say it's the most difficult of the, the three that we've talked about to do because hmm. it is really challenging to actually say to someone, Hey, I'm, I'm not actually sure how to handle this situation. Hey, I'm not, sure that I've made a wise decision when it comes to this relationship or when it comes to handling my money or I feel overwhelmed right now and I don't know what to do, uh, what to do about it. So often that can be the, the biggest challenge. Um, but Peter says that as Christians, we should be clothing ourselves in humility. So it's not really an option that we have to, uh, to ignore. Good. Moving on to question three, what will happen if I choose to carry my cares instead of casting them? Good question. Everyone is different, right? But I think there's one kind of uh, one idea that probably sits over the top of what that will look like for everyone. I think it's um, it's not the cares that destroy you; it's how you carry them, right? So, and and what that means is that people can go through life and they can carry, or they can have the exact same cares that someone else has, but uh, someone else gets crushed under the weight of their cares and someone else doesn't. So, what's the difference? Well, the difference is how people carried their cares. Um, and so, so I don't know what will happen to people um, if they choose to hold on to their cares, but I do know what happens inside people when we, when we choose, um, <clears throat> when we choose to try and carry them ourselves. And what happens is we develop pride, and often, like that, sounds a bit odd um, because a lot of the times the reasons we don't want to cast our cares they sound, they sound so humble but it's really kind of a false humility. So often people say things like, oh, this, this particular care that I'm working with, it's just not big enough for God. Uh, well, that's a sign of pride. Like God cares about everything. Um, mm. it's, big en- it's big enough. Or, or it's, it's too big for God. You know, it's, too, it's, it's just too big. It's too messy. God, well, that's a sign of pride. Um, or, or something like, oh, I just don't want to bother anyone with this. Well, that's a sign of pride because I don't, I don't want anyone to see in and I don't want anyone to, to think that I might need help. But, or, or, you know, I'm just going to figure it out on my own. Um, mm. that's, that's a massive sign of pride. Like that's, pride says I've got this and, uh, and that's kind of the underlying message. So I think perhaps um, something to help, help our listeners think about it is to ask, you know, is pride the most helpful response to carrying your, pre- your cares? Because uh, I think some people can say, well, it's not big enough, you know, oh, it's too big or it's like, it's like, okay, well, that's, I would say that's pride. Um, you can disagree, but I think the ant that the reality is that's the truth. And is pride the most helpful way for you to, for you to continue to carry your cares? And you'll see the result once you answer that question. It's really interesting. Cause I think you said, um, pride says I've got this and mm. you know, I don't know, this is based in scripture. Um, and I can't, you know, point exactly where this is. 
But from my experience with God, the the thing he keeps telling me is, Lockie, I've got this. Like that's the that's the message he keeps telling me. So if I've got it, uh, I can't have it if God's got it, basically. Hmm. Well, I think that's kind of, well, I think that comes right out of one Peter, you know, where he says like, you know, humble yourselves before God and in due time, he will lift you up. Mm. And that's kind of God saying, you know, it might take you a while to recognize I got this. It might take you a while to see that, I, that I've got this. You might not believe it all at once. You might not trust me all at once, but in due time, you'll see if you keep doing it. Awesome. And to move on to our last question, our fourth question for the four Monday, and this is the really super practical one. So again, if, if you're only going to listen for a couple of minutes, this is where we'd really encourage you to flick to um, Chris, what can I do this week to overcome anxiety? Great question. Before I answer it, um, I love the way you worded it. And I wanted to use that to just make, I think make a helpful distinction uh, with a lot of, for a lot of our listeners um, that there's a difference between feeling anxious and anxiety. Okay. Anxiety is a, is, is a umbrella term that makes up a whole bunch of different disorders. Um, and that's, they're diagnosed by counselors and psychologists and psychiatrists and medical doctors and something I, I just observe is that I think is not helpful is when people uh, kind of label themselves and say, Hey, I've got anxiety yet haven't gone to have a conversation um, with someone around that uh, to actually receive strategies to help them do that. Cause feeling anxious is very different from having an anxiety disorder. We all feel anxious. We all feel different levels of anxiousness in our lives, but not everyone is diagnosed um, with anxiety. I guess for some people, their practical application might be to go down that route and to, to get diagnosed. Um, Absolutely. Or begin the counseling process. I know I, t- I have counseling um, mm-hmm. often and yep. could not recommend it high enough, like highly enough. And it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't have a prescribed anxiety disorder like many people do. And that's very real. Um, mm-hmm. But for some people this week, that might be the, the right step is to at least, Google, Hey, what can I do? Who could I see? Who could I talk to? Um, so yeah, absolutely. And that's not to minimize, um, anyone who is feeling anxious, but it is, uh, I do, I do, yeah, get a little bit frustrated when people, um, say, Oh, I've got anxiety. Therefore I can't do X, Y, and Z, but I've never gone to have a conversation with someone because there are people who have gone to have conversations with someone. And the thing that anyone with an anxiety disorder will tell you is the thing they wish is that they didn't have and didn't feel that anxiety. Um, so with all that being said, um, what can we do this week to overcome anxiety? Well, it's super practical. Um, and I want to give a bit of context before I answer this is cause I, the, the help comes from Philippians, um, chapter four, um, and uh, verses six and seven. And Paul is writing this letter to the church at Philippi, but he writes it actually during while he's under, um, house arrest in Rome. And Paul sits in house arrest in Rome for two years and people might say, oh, that's super cushy. It's super, it, it wasn't, he's still in it's prison. It's not like isolation in uh, 21st century Australia, is it? No, no, he's still in isolation, <laughs> isolation. He's still in house arrest, isolated, but he is still very much in prison. He's just had some extra luxuries afforded to him that he wouldn't have had in other um, places because of the fact that he was a Roman citizen by birth. So, so he still gets to have his Netflix. Um, yeah, he probably Plus. still, he probably still, yes, got to have his Netflix and his Disney Plus. Um, 
But in Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7, this is what Paul writes while he's in prison. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So that's the first thing, super practical. If you want to overcome anxiety week this week, begin to pray about stuff. Begin to pray about um, everything. And then secondly, tell God what you need. So don't just, don't just be like, oh, God, I'm feeling anxious. Answer the question, well, if God was to help you with your anxiety or this feeling of anxiousness, what would that look like? And so that might be, well, God, I need you to help me figure out how to have this challenging conversation. God, I need you to help me figure out uh, how to address this, this pain point in my relationship. Um, and he says, and thank him for all he has done. So I think that's really, really important as well is that part of this process is Paul says is to, is to show gratitude to God for everything he's done uh, and, and he's doing in our lives. And then I love verse seven, because it's almost like if you do this first part, this is the result. Not like, it's not, if you do this, then you'll get this. It's more of like, this is the natural progression of the life of someone who prays about everything, tells God's what they need, tells God what they need and thanks God for the things he's done. The progression is that then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And then I love this last line, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And I love this idea that if we begin to pray about everything, um, if we begin to tell God what we need and thank God for that, then something begins to happen and our hearts actually become guarded. And when they become guarded, what that means is that they're less susceptible to, um, to maybe some of these feelings of anxiousness that come into our lives um, through relationships, through work, through all these sorts of other things, because there's something that's set up around our hearts to guard us and keep us safe uh, from that. That's great. Cause what I hear from uh, people who are new to faith or exploring Christianity is this idea that when I, you know, open myself up to potential believing in God, there was a feeling like a peace and it was just so calming. And I was like, well, that and that for enough for people is enough to say, maybe God is real. Mm-hmm. And my kind of really great application or advice, I don't even know what it is. It's just that that's, that's real. Like we, we're allowed to live in that. And, and Jesus wants to, um, let us experience that not just once, not just to get us through the door. And then we kind of, you know, have this just same life we had before. He actually wants us to continually experience this peace. It doesn't mean he doesn't uh, guard us from hardship and, you know, the, the stuff that happens in life. But I think he really does value this sense of peace and he wants us to experience more often than not. Yeah. I think that's really good because Otherwise, what happens is we kind of become, I guess, exposed to the emotions and just exposed to the moment. And, uh, and so as followers of Jesus, if we continually to press into and continually to put things in place for Jesus to guard us so that we can experience that peace that he wants for our lives, uh, it's going to help us to be more resilient and be able to um, overcome some of the things that might otherwise make us feel anxious in the, the days and weeks ahead. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Chris. Um, second time. That was awesome. I had a good fun. This is, this is a lot of, this is a blast. It is good. It's just a conversation, isn't it? Just mm-hmm. talking about how people can really leverage those 167 hours outside of Sunday, which I think is just the best thing about um, church and faith. Yeah. It's all about just helping people take that next step. And because all of us are on some kind of journey, we all have a next step to take, no matter what that looks like. And 
the more you follow Jesus, the more you begin to realize that you always have to keep leveraging the 167 hours outside of, um, outside of a Sunday. It's good. I've got Riley Brown next week, Chris, just so I'll let you know, I was going to say it in my outro bit when you're not there, but I just want to let you know how excited I am about having Riley Brown on a podcast. We've dreamt about this. I'm excited to listen to this podcast because he is, uh, for, for people who are listening to this, who maybe don't know who Riley Brown is, he's just one of the, the, he's just a great human being. There's no other way to describe it. He's funny. He's good looking. He has great hair. In fact, one of my mates, <clears throat> this will really chuff Riley up. This I think is maybe a bit of a teaser for people. I got this text message from one of my friends. who has been tuning in online. He lives in Orlando and I get this message from worldwide. him and he, and he says, um, Oi, is this, is this your community? The guy who's been speaking. Cause he was listening to, I think, one of our address the mess series when Riley was speaking and I get a picture of Cody Simpson. <laughs> he would love that. He so, would yes. love that. No Riley way. is the beyond church Cody Simpson. And he's going to be on this podcast next week. Don't miss it. On that note, we're going to wrap it up and uh, we'll see you next week for part three of sketch death. And uh, if you haven't seen the, the messages so far, go onto our Facebook page. You can check out the video version there. And uh, we'll have the, the podcast on this platform aired very soon. Apart from that, we'll see you next week. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening. We really hope you got a lot of value out of this conversation that I had with Chris. As we mentioned, I'm chatting with Riley Brown next week about part three of Scared to Death to really wrap up this series. We really hope you have a great week. If you'd like us, give us a, a comment, a rating, whatever it is on your platform of podcasts. Uh, we want to hear your feedback, but also check out the rest of our Beyond Sermons. And if you missed last week's podcast of Beyond the Message, make sure to check it out. Apart from that, that's all from me. Have a great week. We'll see you later.